New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting David Ulrich. He's the author of Zen Camera, Creative Awakening with a Daily Practice in Photography. David is also a college-level professor and teaches workshops in photography and in the creative process. David, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I would like to start off with a story that you shared in the book. There was a time when you were teaching and guiding photography projects in Hong Kong. And after spending several months there, there was a woman, a Chinese woman, who took you aside and asked you a question. Do you recall that question? I do. It was very interesting. She said, oh, you're an American. And I said, yes. And she looked at me, and I I didn't know what was coming. And she said, I find you Americans so interesting because you believe in your own opinions. How can you learn anything new? That was as direct a quote as I can remember it. And isn't that true of so many of us that we go about in our silo of our opinions? And so in working with photography in the way that you work with it, you are demonstrating how we can get out of those silos and learn more empathy, assertive empathy, or learn better to interact with someone outside of ourselves. So can you speak about how photography can facilitate this? There's a story about uh, the great teacher Krishnamurti. Ravi Ravindra, who's a Hindu scholar, once approached Krishnamurti as he was looking out at a landscape, and Ravi Ravindra asked, Master, what are you thinking about as you look at that landscape? And Krishnamurti looked at him and said, thinking? I'm not thinking. I'm looking and I'm taking in. I think that's the key. We are blocked very often by our opinions and our speculations about what we think about the world. A camera can teach us to be open, simply open. I think one of the most noble things that photography can do is teach us to learn to see what is. And when you say photography, you're not necessarily telling us to buy really expensive equipment and learn how to do the f-stops or whatever they're called and learn all sorts of lenses and all of that. You even encourage us to use our cell phones. You know, our eyes are connected to our retina, which is connected to our brain. (laughs) We can just blink our eyes, really. Or a cell phone has a lens, has a sensor, and has a way of seeing the image. A cell phone is a very powerful tool these days. The cameras embedded in cell phones are excellent pieces of equipment. And I know that for yourself in your earlier life, and I'm going to go back to a time in your life when you were a student at Kent State, 
You were very much affected by what happened. You were there in 1970 when the students were attacked for uh, protesting the Vietnam War. On May 4th, 1970, there was a protest against the Vietnam War, and four students were shot and killed by National Guardsmen. The demonstration was quite large. I did not actually observe the students being shot and killed. But it was a powerful moment that taught me something about the power of a medium. And I felt at the time that we needed to use photography or any art medium to help expand human consciousness, which I think is the only agent of change that can make any real difference in our world today. You know, David, I'm reminded of a photograph or two photographs. One of them appeared years and years ago on the cover of National Geographic magazine. And it was a portrait of a young Afghan woman who had startling green eyes. She was just beautiful. It was a riveting photograph. And then several years ago, that photographer looked her up again. Now, this is decades after. He found her. She was still living. And he took another photograph of her. 40 years later. Do you recall that series of photographs? I don't recall what the photograph looked like 40 years later, but I do recall the original photograph. She had hypnotic eyes. Didn't she? There was a strong sense of presence. Yes, and so that means, I know in your terms, that there was a strong presence of the photographer as well. A strong presence of the awareness on the part of the photographer to be able to recognize the livingness of the subject. It reminds me of the famous photograph by Dorothea Lange called Migrant Mother. And if you look at the series of photographs that were taken, there's four or five pictures that intellectually tell the story. But only that single picture that we know of as Migrant Mother has the presence that evokes emotion, that basically sent tons and tons of aid, physical aid in terms of food, to the community where migrant mother lived. If anybody's seen that photo, you remember it, that you've seen it before, and it's, she's looking at the camera, it's just almost just a headshot, some shoulder. There are two children on, on each shoulder, and they're facing away from the camera. She's looking right at the camera. And you're devastated. You feel it all when you see that photograph of her. There's two children. She's looking directly into the camera, and she's holding a baby, which is not immediately visible until you look closely. There's something about that photograph that reflects both suffering and dignity and nobility all at the same time. All of it is present. Yes, and you could even say that that photograph is a lie that tells the truth. She was poor, but she was not indigent. Uh, she was actually driving with her family back from several days of work when their car broke down. That's how she ended up at this temporary camp where she was photographed. She was not a resident of this camp. Mm -hmm. But after seeing the photograph, that photograph became a symbol of the Great Depression. 
I'm also thinking about how we need to be very careful about taking photographs without permission. I'm thinking of an experience I had in Bali one time, and there was just this incredible moment of crossing the bridge, and there were women in their beautiful colored saris or wraps, and, and they were washing clothes in a stream. And I wanted to take a photograph, and I started to raise my camera, and they looked up, and they shook their head like, no. And I knew I did not have permission, no matter what. So what would you say about the kind of permission that we need when we see something we can't just willy-nilly just go about and invade someone's privacy in that way? It's a complicated question, and we don't have time to fully get into it now because there's a, a difference between what's legal and what's ethical. I think we need to treat people with respect. And when we have a sense that somebody doesn't want to be photographed, personally, I respect that. On the other hand, if it's a newsworthy event, sometimes the photographer will override the wishes of the subject. I think it depends on the ethics of the photographer and the nature of the event. One of the problems I have about travel photography is all too often people can look like pinned butterflies, you know, that we bring back the exotic. And what are we giving to them? What are we doing for them as we take their picture? Exactly. There's another photograph that I recall that went around the world that was so poignant, and that was in Tiananmen Square, the young man, Chinese man, standing in front of the tank. I actually know the photographer that took that picture. Yes, he lives in Hawaii. It's a powerful photograph, and that photograph symbolizes resistance. And that photograph symbolizes the individual standing up against the state, the authoritarian state. I think that photograph has every right to be broadcast around the world because it's giving us hope, and it's fanning the flames of necessary resistance toward authoritarian social orders. David, what would you say about how photography can be a spiritual practice? Photography can be a spiritual practice. Let's look at the word spiritual for a moment. I think you could say spiritual or psychological although modern psychology has become very mechanistic. I think photography or any art can open us to the depths of being human. I think photography in particular can expand our awareness because what's needed when you have a camera in your hand is a mindful awareness where you're aware of yourself and your own thoughts and reactions. All the while, you're looking externally and paying attention to the subject. I think that when we bring attention, genuine attention, to oneself and to a subject, it's an enriching and nourishing activity. Well, David, thank you so much for bringing this to us and encouraging us to pick up our camera or our cell phone or whatever we have available to us and to make it a practice. To make it a practice with attention, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you.
Thank you, David. I've been speaking with David Ulrich, and he is the author of Zen Camera, Creative Awakening with a Daily Practice in Photography. And he spells his last name, Ulrich, U-L-R-I-C-H. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, creativeguide.com. Or you can also check into his blog about creativity, theslenderthread.org. Or you can get to either of them through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.